Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Thank you so much. And uh, if you weren't here this morning, let me just say a few things. First of all, it is great to be back here in Grand Rapids and Resurrection Life. I am blessed again to be at a place where there's no compromise on the word. And um, because, you know, (laughs) uh, I told you, I don't have to tell you tonight, it's not going to be politically correct. For those who came for the political correctness, that's not tonight. Um, Now, I have a lot to share for you. Now, listen, you know, they they have the books out there. I got to tell you... um, Almost all of them are gone, okay? Um, but, but, but there are three book titles that are left. So let me just quickly tell you that. Uh, the first is the paradigm, which actually has been coming true, and you're going to hear a little bit of where it's come true tonight. But that is there. The paradigm is what they have. So it's really uh, something very cool. Secondly, the oracle, right next to it, that is the only one I've done on end time prophecy, the countdown to the end, um, the 50-year mystery linked to Israel and all sorts of stuff that are happening now. And the last one is the harbinger too, which is the harbinger the, the I waited eight years before God said, you can, I can do this because it's what's happening now, where we're going. So uh, listen, for your own sake, take advantage of it because it's gonna, if you, you get more, it goes down from $16 to $10 uh, to give it to people, holiday shopping, whatever you wanna do. If you're not, you can get things on Amazon and all that, but it won't be this price. Lastly, for those who asked about the DVD album, the uncensored version, Josiah Manifesto, they ran out. But if you, they said if you give their name, we'll, we'll try to get it to you. Okay, that's it for that. And are we ready? Father, we praise you and bless you and thank you for now. I just ask your anointing, Lord, and my weakness be strong in your power and touch and have your way. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, amen. What if God was sending us a message, giving us a prophetic revelation of where we are, what lies ahead, and what we need to get ready? What if there was a blueprint, a guide that is from the Bible that is for now? What if there was an ancient calendar from God that actually gave the times what was to happen and when it was to happen? That is what the, I was led to write for the last, the, the latest book, the Josiah Manifesto. I'm going to give you a little taste of it, plus other things which just happened in the last, basically the last week. So a number of things. First of all, it begins, it's kind of a, a mystery where all sorts of mysteries come together. It begins on the island of Cuba. I was asked to go to Cuba because Fidel Castro was opening up the island for one month of religious freedom, one month to allow Christians to openly preach the gospel or have celebrations. So the Christians asked me to come, open it up, sound the shofar, the trumpet. And I went through the island ministering for a month. The last event was in Havana, Revolution Square. And there, Fidel Castro showed up. And he asked, I was asked to go, I was invited to go to the presidential palace where he was. And before I went to Cuba, someone had given me a word. He says, you will enter the king's palace. So I was ready before it happened. I ended up giving him three objects. One was a Bible in Spanish, which were banned in Cuba. The second was a shofar, an object linked to the Jubilee, because the message I was led to uh, spread across Cuba was the Jubilee. It was inscribed with a, with, a, with a scripture. And the third was a 
prophetic word on a piece of paper that I get was also linked to the Jubilee. Well, it turned out that what I gave him gave him the time that he would have left before he would be gone from power. The, the mystery of God's Jubilee actually gave the year, the month, the week, and the day, and the hour that his power would end. And this brings up something to set the stage of the Jubilee. The Jubilee was the 50th year. Every 50th year, it was restoration. You lost your land, you got it back in the year of Jubilee. But there was another side to it. If you took someone else's land in the year of Jubilee, it was taken from you. So there was a, an aspect of restitution. And that's going to have to do with everything we just went through. And so here is a, one other principle from the Bible. The prophet Jeremiah was looking over the valley of Hinnom, where the people of Israel lifted up their children as sacrifices. And he said, because you did that, you shed the children's blood, your blood will be shed and it will come back to you. And the, the, the warning is that any nation or civilization that sheds the blood of its children, it will come back to that civilization. Now, America began killing the, its children in 1970. 73 was Roe versus Wade, but 1970 is when abortion on demand began in this nation. When is the jubilee in year of that? The year is 2020. Did anything happen in 2020? A plague came to the world and specifically to America. And Jeremiah said, one of the ways it's going to come back to you is in the form of a, in Hebrew, dever gadol, which means a great plague or a pandemic. When exactly did abortion begin? Well, it, the entrance came in New York when New York presented before its legislator the bill that was to legalize abortion on January 20th, 1970. You go 50 years later, it takes you to January 20th, 2020. Anything happen? January 20th, 2020 is the exact day that, the, that COVID officially landed on American soil. 50 years to the exact date. That's when it came in. But then there was a day when everything changed. It wasn't just, it wasn't just a, a disease. It was the lockdown itself that traumatized our lives. What happened, it was in the middle of March when everything fell. If you remember, Trump went on the air and he told the nation, he said, we are now quarantined. The lockdowns began. <clears throat> the stock market crashed. Everything began on that day. The media called it the day that changed everything. That was March 11th, 19, 2020. If you go back 50 years, it takes you to March 11th, 1970. Anything happen? March 11th, 1970 is the exact day that abortion began on American soil. 50 years to the exact date it came back. Now, the Bible speaks about the gate. It said, when Jeremiah gave that prophecy, he said, he, he said it by the gate overlooking the Valley of Hinnom. And it, the Bible says judgment comes to the gate. Does America have a gate? Yeah. The gate of America is New York. And the thing is that when everything came, when this, when the COVID came to America, did you notice it focused on one little strip of property? And that was New York. One out of every two cases were happening in New York. But also the other thing is that 50 years ago, abortion not only came to New York first on the continent, it spread through New York. Most abortions from 1970 to Roe versus Wade, three years were happening in New York, the majority, and it spread to the nation. 50 years later, they did, they did a study 
And they found, scientists found out that the genes of the virus actually bore the markers of New York. If you had COVID, most likely it came through the gate of New York where we began killing our children. And in 1970, there was another, one other gate, number two, West Coast, Washington State. That was the other gate that abortion came in. 50 years later, that was the other gate where this this pandemic came through. In fact, patient zero came through that. So if you had COVID, it was pointing to either one of those gates that where we began killing our children 50 years before. Then there was another question that, what about the numbers of children that were killed in those first three years when abortion entered until Roe versus Wade? The number is 1.3 million. When they did a study and they found out how many people, 50 years later, there's another three-year period, it's the three years of COVID. How many, how many are listed as having been killed? 1.3 million, the exact same number. It struck the exact same number of the children killed. Now that's one mystery. We're going to another one now. And this is going to link to a man you might know of named Trump. Not about him. It's not about politics because it's not about that at all. But it is about, it is about the purposes of God. And this is, and I'm actually even going to get to January 6th in a moment. But this is a question here. See, I, I wrote a book. I mentioned it. That's the paradigm. That's what's still left. The paradigm speaks about a mystery behind the leaders of America, the leaders now, and that there's actually ancient prototypes in the Bible that they're mimicking, following, without knowing it. And the one for Trump is a man called Jehu. In the Bible, Jehu was a man who was, the Bible said he was wild, he was unpredictable, you never knew what he was going to say next or do next. Well, Donald Trump. <laughs> Jehu was not a politician, he was a fighter. Donald Trump fights with everybody. In fact, there's evidence in the ancient Hebrew that Jehu had a Twitter account, but we're not going into it. <laughs> we don't know that Jehu was a man of God. We don't even know if he knew God, but God did use him. Jehu mounted a chariot and began a race to the throne. Well, Donald Trump began a race to the White House when Jehu was heading to the throne. He made a, a, an alliance with the religious conservatives of his land. So did Trump. Jehu asked one of those religious conservatives to come on the chariot and become, be his, his partner as they headed to the Capitol. So did Trump. When Jehu came, was about to come to power, he had to stand against one person the nation's former first lady. And then, and everybody, so Trump, same thing. And everybody said that Hillary Clinton was going to win, as you remember. But the paradigm said that when they come together, the one who walks in the footsteps of Jehu will win. And that's exactly what happened. Now, now I'm not going to say that the former first lady, the prototype in the Bible, is Jezebel. You're not going to get me to say that. Not on my watch. But I will, t I didn't say it, but I will tell you <laughs> that Hillary Clinton was on the stage, the national stage with her husband for 22 years from when he was governor to the end of his presidency. On her own, she was in public office for, tw for 12 years, then came back to run for president for, for two years. So 22 years with her husband, 14 years on her own. On the ancient queen of Israel that I may have mentioned, she was with on the national stage with her husband Ahab for 22 years on her own, 14 years, until she stood against Jehu. Now, what I'm gonna, now, now when, when Jehu came to the capital city, he had a, an agenda. His agenda was to drain the swamp. 
Well, so with Trump. Now, now there is a paradigm in the Bible where Jehu calls for uh, an assembly for people to come to the capital city. Now, I want you to think of January 6th for a moment, but it's not about, it's not about condoning or it's not about, it's just about revealing here, and that is this. Jehu calls for people to come to the capital city. So did Trump. Jehu's people end up surrounding a great capital building. So did the people of Trump. At one point, the people of Jehu end up storming or laying siege to that great capital building while there are proceedings in progress. And so it happened with Trump as well. On January 6th, same thing happened. Now, there's much to this, but I'll say one thing. At the end of that week, the Capitol Police, they end up giving the number of people that they had arrested on site for being part of that, the, the riot. And they, they made headlines. They said, 80 people. We have arrested 80 people. If you go to the book of Kings, there's a Hebrew word that says, that's Shmonim Ish. It says, speaking about the people who went into that great Capitol building, it translates to 80 people. Same thing. There is something to this. There's a war in the Bible in that whole section between Jehu and the temple of Baal. Now, the temple of Baal is where they offered up the children of Israel. They sacrificed them. And Jehu ends up being the one who pulls down that temple of Baal. What that would say, that's in the paradigm. And all this I'm telling you is in the paradigm, but it didn't come true until years after the paradigm. But the thing is that what it would tell you is that Trump, if he walks in Jehu's shoes or in that template, he will somehow be linked to pulling down the temple of Baal, which in America, it was Roe versus Wade. That is where we killed 60 million children. And he would do it by appointing three people to the Supreme Court. And, and particularly one, the last one, would be the deciding vote. Last one, just before his presidency ended. And it's no accident that when he nominated the second one, if you remember, it was Kavanaugh, all hell broke loose on Capitol Hill. And it was over the issue of this, over life. That was the issue. And at that, while they were having those proceedings, a strange object appeared in Washington. It appeared actually on that, the National Mall facing the Capitol building while they were going crazy, this fight over this nomination. And the object was the Arch of Baal. They literally erected it on Washington, D.C. Baal about this. This is a spiritual battle that we are in. Now, the Jubilee is not only about restitution. It's about, of course, redemption. And so while all these things were happening, there was another mystery unfolding. You see, the years of COVID were also the jubilee of Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade began not in 73. It actually began in 1970. The ruling came in 1973. 50 years later, there would be these three years that we went through. Roe versus Wade began as a lawsuit sent to the Supreme Court in the summer of 1970. 50 years later, in the jubilee of that sending of Roe versus Wade, another case is sent to the Supreme Court in the summer of 2020. And that case is going to undo Roe versus Wade. When, and the thing is that everything that happened with Roe versus Wade was matched by this other case. And when it was received by the case in the jubilee, when the jubilee of that, the second case was received by the court. When it was, got its hearing in the jubilee of that 50 years later, the other case got its hearing. And then finally, I'll, I'll tell you one thing about this. The book of Esther. It talks about an evil decree. It's the, the, the man Haman, he causes an evil decree to go forth. 
And that evil decree is going to bring death and destruction. And it's linked in Hebrew to the date Adar 13 on the Hebrew calendar. Adar, that's the 13th day of the 12th month, date of evil decree. 13th day of the 12th month. Roe versus Wade received its hearing in the Supreme Court on December 13th, the 13th day of the 12th month, the day of a decree that will bring death. But in the book of Esther, there's another decree. And that's the decree that Esther and Mordecai issued to nullify the first decree, to undo it, to overturn it. The Bible says that went out on the day called Sivan 23. The case that would, would overturn Roe versus Wade, called Dobbs versus Jackson, was sent to the court on June 15th, 2020. But on the Bible's calendar, it was Sivan 23, the day of the decree that will overturn the evil decree. On the exact day. In fact, every year, Jewish people on Sivan 23, they pray for God to undo evil decrees, and they are praying on that day, and they have no idea that at the same moment, this is going forth on that very day to do exactly what they're praying for. In the book, I speak about a mystery called the child of the Nile. This goes back to, to Moses. The very first war against the children or babies is recorded in the book of Exodus. The pharaohs, that they decided to throw the Hebrew children, the baby boys, into the Nile River first time. One of those baby boys is put in the Nile River. His name is Moshe or Moses. He grows up to break the power of Egypt that actually was going to kill him and his generation. Does America have a child of the Nile? One born in that, those first days of slaughter who survives and then is instrumental in overturning what would have killed that child. Yes, it, yes we do. In fact, in fact, it was a girl and she was born in that three-year period, 1970 to 73. Actually, she's born just when Roe versus Wade is making its way in the Supreme Court. She's born right in the middle of the two hearings of Roe versus Wade. She would grow up to go to the Supreme Court, and her name was Amy Barrett. She's the first Supreme Court justice who was born when it was legal to kill her as a baby. And she would be the one. She would go there. And she would, she would be the one to cast the deciding vote. She was the last vote that would actually overturn it. When did she cast that vote? In her 50th year, her year of Jubilee. And then Roe versus Wade, you know, the Leviticus 25 uh, Jubilee gives the time parameters of the Jubilee year. Now, just to, to get it clear in your mind, the, the 50th year is not, when you turn 50, it's not your 50th year. You completed your 50th year. Your 50th year begins when you turn 49 until you're 50. That's when it happens. Well, Roe versus Wade, the parameters of Roe versus Wade Jubilee was January 22nd, 2022 to January 22nd, 2023. It was right in the middle of those parameters that God overturned Roe versus Wade. Now, there's another mystery to it. But because all this could not happen if something else didn't happen. The other mystery goes back to the ancient calendar of God. I'm speaking, I'm speaking of the shakings of America when everything came about in that year, 2020. The appointed days of God. God gives appointed days. Well, what we went through is actually fulfilling the appointed days. And I'll give you an example. The first appointed day of God is called Passover, of course. 
Passover is the only holy day that's linked to a plague. Think about that. Passover comes in the springtime, March, April. When Passover came that year, when COVID came, we were all dealing with, in some way or another, dealing with this thing of a plague passing through the land. Passover is also the first time in history there was a national lockdown. God told all the Israelites, go in your houses because a plague is passing through the land. So at the moment when Passover came, we were all in our, we we're in our houses. A plague is passing. We're, we're there because a plague is passing through the land. And so we are all part of Passover without even trying to be. Jewish people are, are celebrating Passover and they're celebrating what, when they were in their houses about a plague coming through the land and they're in their houses. It's all replaying. Interesting because the Passover centers on the Passover lamb and the Passover lamb is Jesus. And we have a civilization that has been turning away from the Passover lamb. So it's like we're all brought back, the whole world is brought back into Passover, replaying when that all happened. But the next appointed day is called in Hebrew Shavuot, the next festival Shavuot. In Greek it's called Pentecost. What is Pentecost? The coming of the, the tongues of fire, the baptism of fire, the fire of the Spirit. Well, now as this day is approaching in that fateful year, something happens. A fire comes on America. The cities go up in fire. And it goes up in fire as this day has come. In fact, the very night when Jewish people are lighting their candles to celebrate Shavuot, which is Pentecost, as they do it, everything explodes. That's when it exploded all of, that's when that police station went up in flames. That's when, that's when it spread all over the country. And, and Pentecost, Shavuot, that ushers in the summer a harvest. Well, it ushered in a summer of rage and fire. And actually that, that next Sunday, all Christians are celebrating the fire of the spirit while the whole land, it goes up in fire. Everything following exactly. What's the next appointed day? Next appointed day is the Feast of Trumpets in September. Trumpets is called Yom Hadin in Hebrew, which means the Day of Judgment, because it's believed it's a shadow of the Day of Judgment. And it's believed by the Jewish people, God as the judge of the universe in the high court of heaven passes verdict at that time, and you gotta get right with God. And so that it ushers in the days of repentance. You gotta repent of your evil. So all eyes of the Jewish world turn to the high court of God. Well, as that day approached, the eyes of all America turned to the high court of America. The hand of God touched that court. And, and you know, it's believed on that day, they, they, the Jewish people believe that God passes the verdict about who will pass from the earth. Well, on the day of the Feast of Trumpets of that year, one of the Supreme Court justices passes from the earth, Feast of Trumpets. And it happens, you know, it happened to be the one who was named Judge Ginsburg, Ruth Ginsburg. She was totally pro-abortion. But God is able to say, but because she passed on that day, that alone opened the door for the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And it happened on the day that God ordained and it happened on the day that is to cause a nation or a people to turn from their sin. Now this sin was the Supreme Court sin. But on the day that begins repentance, it, the door opens up for the repentance on that day. If all these things didn't come together at that exact time, it would never have happened. And so this is the case in, in the same way God is saying, listen, you have your court, but there's a higher court. You, have, you may be judges, there's a higher judge. And I can overturn the verdicts of man and I can overturn the covenant of death. 
Now the next, and we know, listen, we know the overturning of Roe is not the end, but it was the hand of God. And the thing is this, the next appointed day I witnessed myself, and some of you here when I was signing books, you told me you were there, and it was called The Return. I was led with a, a, a great man of God named Kevin Jessup to call for a national day of prayer and repentance. And we called The Return. And we gathered, we set, the date was set two years before, but we gathered on the National Mall tens of thousands, you know, they told us we couldn't gather because of COVID, but we gathered and we were there to repent for America, to pray for mercy, specifically also to pray against the, the, the sin of killing children as well. And there are tens of thousands there. There are millions who took part in it. We had no idea. The day that we set for the day of the return happened to be a Hebrew holy day that was called Shabbat Shuvah, which in effect means the day of the return. So we had the day of the return on the day of the return, and we had no idea what we were doing. You know, you don't have to know what you're doing. You just have to know who's doing it. That's all in the Lord. On the day of the return, uh, the word Shuvah can also be translated as turning, the day of turning. That was the day that President Trump chose to set in motion the overturning of Roe versus Wade. That was the day that this Jehu, who's got to pull down the Temple of Baal, he, he set in motion. That's the day he nominated Amy Barrett to become the next Supreme Court justice to replace the one who had left on the day of trumpets. And so he chose that so that this turning of America happened on the Bible's day of turning. Not only that, but that day, those of you who were there who watched it remember, at five o'clock, I said, we got it. We have to seal all, everything we prayed. So I said, let's seal it all. I said, if you got shofars, come on up. And we had men coming up with their shofars and their talits. They got up there. I said, now we're going to seal everything we prayed. I believe we were sealing 50 years of prayer. Everything we prayed, we will seal it now with the sound of God's power, the sound of the trumpet, the sound of Jericho. This is the sound of God's power. So I said, we seal it all. And let the power of God go forth in the name of Jesus, Yeshua. I said, then I said, go. And they sounded the shofars. And the people shouted. At the very moment, Trump was at the White House, on the lawn. At that moment, instant, he opens his mouth and begins the overturning of Roe versus Wade. At the moment. The day, I looked later at the video, when, when, we, when the trumpets blasted, I said, go. It was five o'clock, four minutes. We were late. Five o'clock, four minutes, and 33 seconds. Trump opened his mouth at five o'clock, four minutes, and 33 seconds. He was late too, but he wasn't late. So the overturning of, you know, they will, never, they will tell you this. You'll never hear it in the news, but the overturning began with the sound of Jericho, the sound of the power of God because it was the power of God. God is exact. God is in charge of the universe. Every event happens this way. This happened with the sound in the Bible that God gave. And the one thing, you know, I said, you know, it turned out there were six men and six trumpets. I said, God, it would have been better if we had seven. Because seven is Jericho. So that would have been good. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I said, wait a minute. There was a seventh trumpet. What was the name of the president? It means in English, it means trumpet. And so he was the seventh trumpet. And when I said, let the trumpet sound, Trump sounded. And it was the year of Jubilee of abortion where the trumpet is supposed to sound. And when the trumpet sounds, it begins the overturn. And God is so incredible.
And at the return, we had about 150 people speaking, and if any one of them went one second too long or one second too short, it never would have happened. God, when God says, I will work all things together, he means all things together. Now, speaking of which, I'm going to share something now which I have never shared outside of, the outside of Beth Israel, my congregation. And, and I'll probably put it up on the web, but I have not yet. A week ago on Friday night, the message I gave at my congregation was from the book, The Josiah Manifesto. It's about the 50-year mystery. I gave, I gave a glimpse of it tonight. How at the end of 50 years comes an event that matches or parallels or corresponds to the event of that happened 50 years before it. And on that Friday night, I brought this mystery. It has to do with Israel, the restoration of Israel, and it has to do with what I just shared today. I brought it up to 1970 to 2020, 1971, 2021, and 1973, 2023. I left it at 1973, 2023. What happened? That night that I shared it turned out to be, as I'm sharing about the 50-year mystery, it turns out to be the 50th anniversary of an event that concerned Israel. And that 50th anniversary was the Yom Kippur War. And right after I shared it, that night, actually in the West, it was still that day, it was still that anniversary, everything began in Israel. At that moment, the 50-year mimicking what happened 50 years before. And we see this mystery that this event corresponds to it. Well, you know, the Yom Kippur War, some of you may remember it, was a massive ground invasion on Israeli soil. Well, what happened here was the first time in 50 years there was a massive ground invasion of Israel. The Yom Kippur was a surprise attack. It caught Israeli intelligence off guard. Well, so did what happened last week on the 50th anniversary weekend. Yom Kippur began on a Sabbath. This began on the Sabbath, the day of rest. And as Yom Kippur began on a Hebrew holy day, so this one began on another Hebrew holy day called, called Simchat Torah, Day of Joy. And so both times the Israelis are celebrating while the enemies of Israel came in. And it happened as it happened on the first, the Yom Kippur War was the first Sabbath of October, so this 50 years later is the first Sabbath of October. Only God, this mystery is continuing. This is what, yeah, and you, when, you, when you see the book, you'll see it there, but it's continuing. But the thing is, I don't want you to be like, you look at what's happening in the world, you know, we gotta pray for Israel, we gotta pray for the Middle East, we gotta pray for that, but it continues. But did the Bible not say that in the last days Israel would be back in the world and the world, would there be controversy over Israel? There would be warfare over Israel and we are seeing it now. This is, this is all showing you that actually what, the, what God said is real. And the fact that it came true here. There is so much more. I don't have time to open it, but I want to share a number of things. One, the plague of COVID that we call this pandemic reached its peak in January of 2022, people don't realize that. The, the rate of infection was at its all-time peak. In fact, it was three times higher than the, the next peak. That's how, it was going to go on for years. Whatever it was, whatever you view of it, it was going to go on for years. Suddenly, it all collapsed right after that. Suddenly collapsed. And, it, and, and there's a mystery to that called the Phineas Factor, that Phineas was a man who actually did something that stopped a plague and something happened. Actually, it was right at that time 
that the Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, he actually, that's when he penned the decision that would overturn Roe versus Wade. And when he finished it, it totally collapsed. In a few weeks, it was down to one-eighth of what it was. But at the same time, an interesting thing, because people have been praying for years, Lord, please, years, hear our prayer. The name Samuel Alito, Samuel is Hebrew, it means God has heard. The CDC gave the date, as far as the death rate, gave the date of when the death rate reached its peak and then collapsed, same thing, collapsed right at the same time. And the day they gave, it said the week ending, January 22nd, 2022. January 22nd, 2022 is the exact day that begins the jubilee of Roe versus Wade. That is when it all collapsed. Now there's much more, but I wanna, I wanna, I wanna open, I wanna tell you kind of a secret, sort of. And that's, that's when I began working, it's gonna kind of bring together what we shared this morning and now. When I began working on The Return of the Gods, which was the book just before the Josiah Manifesto, I didn't tell anybody. But one of my associate pastors is woken up in the middle of the night and he sees a vision and hears a word and he's never done this before, he's never come up. He said, I gotta tell you what I saw because it involved you. I said, what? And he didn't know anything. He said, I saw you speaking in front of all these, all, you were st- all these altars of all these gods. And I never told him anything. Now the book speaks about the altars and the gods. He says, and the Lord said to you, prophesy to the altars. Bring a word to the altars. And you did. And when you did, the altars began to break open and spirits came out of them. And then I saw the beginning of a revival. Months later, I finished The Return of the Gods, which I spoke about this morning. And, and it's a word against the gods and against the altars, like in his vision. The day I finished that book, some of you know Perry Stone. I was with actually Perry Stone at the time. And, and I, the day I finished the book, it was the morning. I just finished it. That morning turned out to be right after I finished it. It was June 24th, 2022, that was the day that the greatest altar of America that has killed 60 million children was broken by the hand of God, Roe versus Wade, on the same day. And so I said, Lord, what is that? What is that? And what it, this, to bring this all together, what was that? That was an altar. That was, again, the most colossal altar. But on that day, the hand of God said, no, I am going to crack it open. That was a biblical sign of colossal proportions that many people missed. This is a biblical sign. It's the sign of the broken altar. In the Bible, the sign of the broken altar is a sign not only of judgment against the gods, but also of revival, the chance for revival. The sign of the broken altar. When was the altar broken? When a righteous king rose up in Israel and, and they were in apostasy and they were killing their children, he got up and said, no, we're turning back to God. And they went up, they broke the altars of the gods. I spoke this morning about the gods. This is the breaking of the altars of the gods. And there is one person who is connected to this sign in the Bible more than any other in the entire Bible. And that is, his name is Josiah. Josiah, that's why it's called the Josiah Manifesto. Josiah, you know, was a man who was, he was eight years old when he became king. His father was evil. His grandfather was evil. The nation was evil. They had, they had departed. Judgment was coming. And Josiah, we don't even know how this happened. Josiah says, I'm going to serve you, God, with all my heart. 
The Bible says there was nobody like him before or after with all his heart. And Josiah, his very birth was foretold over the sign of the broken altar. If you remember, when they set up this altar, a prophet said, no, he said, there's going to be a child born. The, the altar breaks apart. He said, the child called Josiah will come to this place and he will destroy it. These altars. Josiah would rise up and he would go to the high places of Israel and he would break the altars of the gods where they were offering up their children. The altars, you know, and the altars they had, you know, you know what it was about the days of Josiah? It was a time of sexual immorality. It was a time of gender confusion, the gods of gender confusion, Ashtorah. What I talked about this morning, they had all those altars of those gods there. And Josiah broke the altar where they killed their children, broke the altar where they had sexual immorality, broke those altars. And yet the, the nation was on the verge of judgment. Yet God gave them a last chance for revival. We are now at the Josiah moment. And all these things are pointing together, pointing together to this moment, the Josiah moment, and the, and the person of Josiah. We stand between judgment or revival. If America does not have revival, it will be gone. It will, the America we have known will be gone. And that there was a last chance given. We are at that moment now. So it all points to this one, Josiah. What was his secret? What were the strategy? What was the Josiah strategy? What, was, what did he do that he could overcome? Not only not be affected by the, not be intimidated, but he would stand and he would actually change the course of his nation. For an entire generation, there was revival and there was no judgment. How did he do it? How did he stand? It's the same thing you're dealing with right now. How did Josiah do that? That is why I was led. It was actually on that last day when I finished the return of the gods. That's when the Lord said, you're now going to write something with an answer for my people. See, God is never finished. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. God is never finished. If you're living in a time of apostasy, God is never finished. You're living in a time of persecution. God is never finished. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And you have a role to fulfill. Regardless of what's going on in the, you know, in the last days, I told you many people are afraid of the last days. You cannot be afraid of the last days. This is why you're here. Josiah, something, there's so much to this that the, the last part of the book is all the manifesto. But this is, this is the thing about Josiah. Number one, he didn't care about what people thought. He didn't care about what the majority said. He didn't care about the polls. He didn't care about anybody. He stood against the majority. He did what was right regardless. He didn't care. He said, I'm going to do what's right. Let the chips fall where they may. Josiah went against the flow. He wasn't afraid. He stood against the flow of his time. Josiah separated from whatever was evil. He wanted nothing of that apostasy in his life. And God's people, you have to do the same thing. He knew he was not on earth to survive or get by. He knew he was on earth to be a, an agent of God, an agent of heaven to touch the world. You are not here to survive. You're not here to get by. You are here appointed by God on assignment, on mission, as an agent of heaven to touch your world. <laughs> Josiah did not live on the defense. He lived on the offense. We cannot live on the defense. We must live on the offense. There's no, light does not live. He said, you're the light of the world. You are not, a light does not live on the, on the defense. Light touches the darkness. It's the darkness that flees the light, not the light, the darkness. You know, people say, oh, what do I do? What do I? That's like, you know, it's, it's like, I better not say anything. That's like a light saying, I can't shine because it's dark. 
Well, if it's dark, that's your job to shine. Can one person change the course of history? Yes, yes. With God, yes. Can one generation change the course? Yes, with God. Yes, with God. You know, it only takes one, one person like Josiah. It only takes one apostle. It only takes, or 12, to change the entire world. One Paul, and you change the course of history. One person, all out with God. You know, the Bible says, God says, the eyes of the Lord are searching the entire earth, looking for the one whose heart is completely his. You be that one. You be that people, and God will raise you up. God will anoint you. What have we seen tonight and today? We've seen that it's not a matter of feeling. It's not a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of emotion. The fact is, our God is real. Our God is true. Our God is more real than this world. And his word is true. And his ways are right. And his hand is mighty. And he has done great things in our midst. He has broken an altar of death and destruction. He's heard the prayers of his people. He's answered the cries of his servant. And with God, nothing shall be impossible. Our God is God. You know, the same people say, oh, the God of the Bible, he did all those things and all that, but not, listen, the God of the Bible is just as alive and well, and he's behind, he's, he is ruling over all things. You see it tonight. It's not feeling, it's reality. And he's chosen you to be his servant. And he's chosen you, the God of the universe has chosen me and you to live in such a time. Again, don't fear it. It's an honor to live now. It's an honor to stand for the Lord when other people don't. That's when it means something. It's an honor. And he says to you, I have placed you in your mother's womb. I've called you by name. You are my child. You are my servant. And I have set you on this earth not to live in fear and not to live in bondage and not to be defeated. I have set you on this earth to overcome all things for you are more than a conqueror. You are victorious in me. I have chosen you. I have appointed you. I will strengthen you. I will empower you for all that lies ahead. Rise and take up the mantle I have given you. Serve me with all your heart. Lay the past behind. Shake off every chain that has bound you and press on and press upward and press farther to the high and holy calling to which I called you and I will be with you always to bring it to pass. Child of God, remember what you've heard this day. Your God is seated on the throne and he has no intention of getting off of it. And remember what you have seen on earth in these prophetic days. I don't believe it's an accident. You have seen God placed Israel in the world as a sign, as a sign. Number one, that he's real. As a sign to you, his people. You know, God said through Jeremiah, as long as there's a sun in the sky, stars in the heavens, it, only if this should disappear will the people of Israel disappear from me. God gave that word. Now you can go to the museums of this age and you'll find the ruins of the Hittites and the Amorites, all the people who dwelt with Israel 4,000 years ago. They're not here anymore. 
Just the, just the rooms are there in the museum. But in those same museums, you'll actually see the life and flesh and blood children of Abraham walking the earth, walking the museum, because God said so. It's a sign to you because if God didn't keep his covenant to Israel, he wouldn't keep it to you. If God, because God has been faithful to Israel, he will be faithful to you. If God has kept his promise to Israel, he will keep it to you. And the enemy has raged against Israel for thousands of years, that's what we're seeing to this day, to wipe them off the face of the earth. And he's still raging. And the enemy has raged against you as well because you are also named by God and you have been born again into the commonwealth of God's spiritual Israel. You're a spiritual Israelite. The enemy hates you too. The enemy has raged against Israel for ages to wipe her children off the face of the earth. The pharaohs tried to destroy them. Assyria tried to annihilate them. Babylon tried to finish them. Rome tried to smash them. The Nazis tried to exterminate them. The Soviet Union tried to crush them. Osama bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, the mullahs of Iran and Hamas, all the terrorists of the world have tried to destroy Israel from the face of the earth. But... The pharaohs are gone. Assyria has vanished. Babylon has fallen. Rome has been crushed. The Nazis are gone. The Soviet Union has collapsed. The terrorists will be gone. But, 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 the nation of Israel lives. Am Yisrael Chai. The nation of Israel lives because the God of Israel lives and the Messiah of Israel lives and the hope of Israel lives and the glory of Israel lives and the King of Israel lives and you who follow the God of Israel, you shall live. You shall overcome. You shall prevail. You shall triumph. You shall be victorious in the name above every name. The name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the light of the world, the light of Judah, the King of Israel, and the hope and the light and the glory and the God of your life. Amen and amen and amen. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.